three, two, one, now. Welcome back for another installment of the Cool Kids Table. You can find all the episodes in their entirety at the Cool Kids Table Podcast.com. Instagram, the Cool Kids Table Podcast. YouTube, the Cool Kids Table Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. And I didn't know this, but you got to put the the notifications on or else it won't, um, they won't get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You won't get notifications that there's a new episode. So yeah, make sure you do that. My guest today is Aaron Fraser from Duran Duran Jones and Indications. This is gonna be crazy. I can't believe this is happening, but let's just get into it. Let me just make sure that he can hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? There you are. There you are. Cool. <laughs> um, so real quick, I just wanted to. Can you hear that? <laughs> yes. That's my four-year-old at the time, three-year-old. That's you beautiful. Are her favorite brand, band. You are. <laughs> That's her favorite song. And as a three-year-old, you know, she was talking early and I had mentioned that I had, you know, I hadn't told anybody. I just told her like, hey, you know that show I do? She, she's four now. So I think he's going to be on soon. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And so that picture I took, uh, I just sent it to her mother. And I told her, make sure you show, her name's Abigail. I'm like, make sure you show Abigail this. And so I'm just waiting for a response, but I'm sure she's gonna be like, what? Cause she, she does not like me putting it on Spotify. She does not like me putting it on Pandora. Huh. It has to be YouTube so she can see the song. Funny, man. You know, kids love the falsetto. It's a really interesting thing. I mean, I, I imagine that like, you know, some of the, the, the legends that like sung in that style, you know, like Smokey, Curtis, Rafi Pagan, like, I bet, I bet there are a lot of kids out there too that were responding like when they were young, cause something about like that frequency range, it, it just must speak to the kids. It, I was reading something recently about that, how it's like soothing, you know, how like uh, nursery rhymes almost not in the same context, but just kind of subtle. It's not so a B it's not, so it's more kind of, so they're familiar with it because that's what they kind of, you know, as babies, people play for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's gentle. It's like, it's soothing. I mean, and that's, it's like, you know, it soothes the soul. That's it, man. It's, and it really does because um, I would volunteer in her class, right? And they're four-year-olds. They're up and down. You tell them, sit down. They'll sit down, but like they're ready to go. They're, it's like playtime all the time. So mm-hmm. then when we go grab lunch or dinner after class, I just play you know, that style of music. And then she'd just be like, and I lower it and I'd be like, oh, so, you know, so give her some time to kind of calm down and be like, so what is, like, put the music, we'll talk when we're eating. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's a, that's a quarantine tip right there for, for uh, parents who are at home with their kids, more Duran Jones and the indications in their life. Man. And you cannot be more right. <laughs> I was, I read recently this was supposed to be a one-time project? Is um, yeah, I mean, essentially, we were just having fun, man. You know, like, we were just 
a, a, a little group of friends who were like, we all loved soul music. We love collecting 45s. And then like also talking about it. Cause like, that's, I think that's, that's the step that really made it special for me was like, I love listening to music, but then when you can gather with people, put on a record and after it ends, be like, yo, like, what did you like about that? What is it specifically? You know, and that's a lot, that's a question that I think like for, for until I got to, to college, like, I, I think I was just sort of listening to music. I'm like, Oh, I like that. I don't like that, you know, whatever. But once I got to college and, and, and sort of started to learn more, you know, I was studying audio engineering. Uh, and Indiana so, University, right? Jacobs um, School of Music. That's right. Yeah. And so are my bandmates. Um, and uh, a lot of like what they teach you there is is how to sort of like listen closely and articulate what you're hearing. So it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of a game, you know, it's like you put on a record, it finishes and you're like, what do you like about that? And it, it it's kind of this challenge for your brain to like peel apart the the layers of the song, you know, enjoy it as a whole, but think about like, okay, I like the way the drums are distorted, like they're blown out, you know, they sound big and, and, and nasty. Or I like the way the bass was like a little out of tune. Or I like the delay on the singer's voice and stuff like that. And, you know, then since we were musicians, we were like, well, let's go down in the basement and like, try to try to write something in, in this style. Let's try to like, uh, like have use that spirit of like, let's see what happens if we record the drums and like, blow them out like in the in the preamps and stuff and it's basically how it got started man. it was just the the joy of being like let's try something that's, that's you know everything has its own time everything happens for a reason they say and it's just i mean the group the, the whole sound even you know not to piggyback off that but what she likes is um in that video duran jones is just sitting there with uh Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah and just kind of going and she's like what's that like because you know she doesn't see that like when the like you know in the other videos that were uh that style of video where it's everybody's doing their part and i you know i kind of told her that you know like remember we went to this um seminar for like parents uh-huh. and they were playing the triangle uh-huh. and then the parents were doing all the the big instruments like the big you know like a drum or whatever uh-huh. uh maracas and they're like, but see how if you don't have everything, it doesn't sound quite right. And like kind of teach the kids, like, you know, it's not just like, hey, we got home from the grocery store. Like, let me go play. Like, no, you, you got to do your part. Everybody's encompassed. And so we, we turned that, you know, it, it, not me, but the, the people running the seminar kind of like, just like a band has everybody doing their part. It doesn't sound as beautiful if not everybody's on the same page, the same way as family, if not everybody's on the same page, it's not as, and I was just like, so. That's a word I, right there, man. That's wisdom. That's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that soul music celebrates that exact uh, spirit, you know, that it's the sum of all the parts together. It's not, it's not about what any one person is doing, you know, and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, James Brown kind of mm. also like, pioneered that that and and joe tax but like pioneered um that idea of like everyone is sort of like part of the bigger machine you know he probably call it the funk machine i call it the soul machine you know where it's like together you create something more beautiful than you can make on your own and and that's that's definitely the thing that like um drew us 
more towards the 70s sound that we've been exploring on our most recent record, American Love Call. Um, you know, our first record was more like uh, late 60s. Like there's, there's one front person in a band and, and it, we're all doing our parts even just the same. But on the second record, we were getting into like 70s vocal group soul. So uh, it's a lot of group harmony where like anyone could be doing something, could be doing their own solo project. You know, any member of the moments I'm sure could have been doing their own thing or the whatnots or uh, I mean, uh, the inclinations or, or whoever you're talking about. Um, but instead, they chose to come together and it formed something more beautiful than, than they could have made on their own. That- that speaks to that great quote, like, if you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go further, go together. That's right. That's right. And, and it really works with, well with you guys. And then the um, thing I wanted to tell you is I was reading, this was all when we first, I mean, I'm a fan of yours, right? Fan of your group, fan of your music, the group's music. But I was like, okay, you know, don't want to sound dumb and not, so <laughs> I do my due diligence. And I was reading that you guys have a lot of Chicano, Hispanic, uh, fans because of the car culture sounds like that makes a lot of sense because yeah. it is kind of you know when we're cruising we, we play that so I was like we, we did it because we liked your music but we didn't realize we were like me and my friends we were one of your demographics so I was like yeah that's that's us yeah and and man it's crazy because you know we never set out to be like you know we're, we're going to make like Chicano soul. We're going to make lowrider soul. It, it was never like that. You know, we were just uh, kind of like making the music that we loved. And, and it, made, it made it even more special that it found, you know, an audience that loved it just as much and just as fiercely as, as like we do. It, it, it kind of reminds me, I think about it like, um, I think about it like, like bats, you know, like bats flying, like, they send out these signals, right? Like echolocation. Okay. So they send out these signals, this like this like burst of sound because they can't see because they're flying at night. And the sound bounces off the surroundings around them. And based on when they hear that sound reflected back at them, it can help them illuminate this whole world in the dark that they didn't see before. And that's kind of like what I feel like our, our first record was, that's kind of how I see it in, our, in, in my mind is like, we were just sort of flying in the dark and putting out these little pings of sound. We were like, you know, here's like, here's up-tempo funk. Here's like, um, like, you know, slow love song. Here's instrumental, like all these, all these different things like hip hop, you know, like post hip hop soul, like all, all these little things. And then we got, all of these reflections back to us and it illuminated this whole world of lowrider culture and Chicano soul that like uh, we, we really had no idea was there. That's crazy. Cause it's such a, a great song. Um, I mean the whole album, right. But cruising to the park is just that like Saturday, Sunday, you know, you got your Rukita, uh, <laughs> the chrome is polished. It's just like, yeah, like it's, it's just a vibe. Yeah, I mean, so that one, so that one we did, that was like, you know, um, we wrote that during when we were making our second record. And by that time, like, you know, we did, we had gotten all this love from the lowrider, like, community. And so that song, we wanted to, like, in a conscious way, 
like give back to that community and like and salute and just like pay respect to the people that have like welcomed us uh with open arms have been so so such a beautiful presence in our life uh, one thing that i really really like about you guys is that the humbleness right like i, I follow you guys on the medias and i see kind of how you guys interact with uh, your fans you have your spotify playlist that you update frequently and then I, I i i thought you guys were like an overnight success because you guys are so like big already right but then i saw that it was it started because of like the mom and pop shops playing your music in their uh stores and then people saying like what's this what what put and they put them on so it was like it was an organic way to grow big organic is is exactly the word man um you know like now we've reached a point in our careers where like and and it's a it's a crazy feeling it's a humbling feeling but like you know people will like hit me up sometimes and and be like how did you how did you get to the this point where you're at and it's like you know it's hard there's not there's not that one formula we can just you know, I can just tell them what happened with us. And, and exactly like you said, it so much of it was about the support that we got from the brick and mortar record shops. But what that means, I think the lesson there is that like, you just got to make the music that is like true to you. You know, we weren't trying to be anything. We weren't, we were just like, this is the music we love so much. And we wanted to make some ourselves. And share it with the world. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that like, especially in the record stores, um it, it's a it's a it's a place where like you know it, it's a it's about the music it's not instagram where like yeah i mean you know if you're a musician you can put your music on instagram and, and that's definitely going to help people find you but like a lot of it is also the visual like it has to be you have to like know how to like take nice pictures and use the hashtags and like and all this stuff but record stores are are still uh, about the music and uh, and about like the be- like the beauty of the record in in its whole form so yeah i mean the the record stores are are 100% um uh a big part of like what gave us our initial boost real quick side note I was supposed to see you guys twice, like within this time period. Um, I believe it was at Anaheim House of Blues. And then I'm from, well, I used to be like LA County. I'm Southern California. Now I'm in the Empire, which is not that far. But me and a friend were supposed to see you guys at the House of Blues in Anaheim. And then the group of us um, go up to Kelly Roots in Northern California, Monterey. Mm -hmm. So that being said, with the quarantine, I saw you guys rescheduled your dates. We're looking forward to that. But how do you as an artist, as a musician, because I, I know like people are going crazy, but you as a creator, how do you stay focused or how do you pass the time during the quarantine with everything going on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy, man. Um, you know, like I, I posted on my Instagram, like um, I was probably like 15 years old. That Like the last time oh, I, I will have gone like this long without playing a show. and that's you know that's um that's scary for a lot of people not just because it is your uh it's it's my way of making a living 
but it's also a, as a as a musician as a performer it's like that's how i think of myself that's how i define myself it's like you know I, i'm i'm a i'm a performer i perform i play shows i i travel i do this thing and you know when that's pulled out from under you you have to it, it, there is a moment of like panic and you know i i felt i definitely like felt scared and felt like uncertain but um i during this time i've been um i've been working on new music um but also trying to like not put pressure on myself to do that too like i see i saw this post go go around like social media that was like uh it was like if you don't come out of like quarantine like having like learned a new skill or completed a project then you didn't lack time you lack discipline and i was just like whoa like why why are people putting that pressure on themselves right now this is like this is a really crazy transitional time like for the world for like maybe even for as like society as as it's bit as it's functioned for a very very long time so like you know I, I'm trying to to write when um, when the inspiration strikes, but I'm also I'm not trying to like put that pressure on on myself. It's like, especially knowing I'm not going to be playing a sh- a show until March 2021. It's like I got time. There's going to be times of inspiration, and there's going to be like dry times and up times and down times, and you know I'm just I'm just trying to trying to take it as it comes. So um doing a lot of listening you know more than writing just doing a lot of listening i i saw that post i saw the one you were referring to and uh, i saw it like the first week of quarantine which is when i was like what am i gonna do i was watching netflix all day i was like what what is there to do how can we pass the time and then i was just like you know what i don't know how long this is gonna last like at the time they said maybe uh, out here in california at least they said like April something like by by Easter will be open, yeah. and so I was like I don't know if I have a month, and then they said May fifteenth, and now May fifteenth has come and go, and they lifted some restrictions, but I'm like the, we can't go back to normal, like we will have a new normal, so I was just kind of you know what let me just enjoy this, so I I did I do watch Netflix, I read, I write, I do my runs, I spend time with my family, and I'm just kind of like it's not a vacation by any means. It's like a staycation. Like I came out with, I haven't come out of it yet, but I'm like with the new mindset, like let's enjoy life more. You know, this is the other day I read a book in its entirety from start to finish. I went on a five mile run, I spent time with my siblings. I um, hung out with my dog for like four hours. I was like, dude, this is what life's about. The only thing missing was my daughter, but I was like, this is, I need more of this instead of working 50, 60 hours a week, you know, just trying to like get, the things, you know, the materialistic, the capitalism, just kind of like, let me enjoy life. And so that kind of like, all right, man, like you said, no pressure, whatever happens, happens. I can only control what I can control. And I feel like it's made for better episodes. It's made for better. Like my livelihood just feels good, even though I'm not in control of it. I'm just like, I'm in a good place right now. This is, this is, this is what I can do right now. So I'm going to do it. That's that's beautiful, man. I mean, and I think I think you're also spot on when when you mention capitalism. I, I mean, I I think it is like uh, something that's looming behind uh, a a ton of of the conversation. 
Um, you know, and even that instinct of being like, if you don't maximize your, your productivity in this time and, and learn this thing, it's like, that is, that's the conditioning that comes from like that nonstop, like capitalist squeeze. It's just, it, it, it's, it just is. It's just like, that's, that's the mindset you have to get into. You have to force yourself into in order to get ahead and, and survive when, you know, uh, rent is going up and, uh, you know, everything's getting more expensive. And it's like, it's, it's always like work, 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 more, more, more. How can I maximize my efficiency in this moment? And this is a time when, the situation has forced us to slow down. And I think that can be scary for a lot of people because it's like, you know, it's like, it's like that, that, um, uh, it's like, it's like a law of physics, you know, it's like, if you maintain speed, like you're not really going to feel a difference. You feel a difference when you speed up and you feel a difference when you slow down. So if you've been going fast for as long as you can remember, the slowdown can, can be a, a, an intense thing. It can be like a heavy thing. You're going to feel that in your chest. And, and that's where I'm 31. I've been working since I was like 17. And it's always been like more than 40 hours. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, I, I didn't know I needed to. Obviously, you know, I don't want people dying. I don't want people out, people putting themselves in danger, not wearing masks, not social distancing. But I just mean, in my personal experience, like this was almost what I needed, a break and just kind of pause life. I look. I haven't had I haven't had income in eight weeks. I'm like, and I'm still here. I'm good. So why are we worried about you know like oh the bills are due in two weeks? Like now it's been eight, and I'm not even stressing. I'm like, dude, it's gonna be fine as long as we're healthy. We don't put other people in danger. We're you know we're doing what we have to do. Right. right. Then what bills are bills. You're always gonna have bills. So I was like, this is kind of like a. a a breath of fresh air, if you will, which was unexpected, right? Like this was not on my to-do list for 2020, but I think everybody going through it together kind of, I think there'll be some good out of it, come out of it. Like, I think like brick and mortar stores are going to see a boost. You know, I feel like a, a sense of community, a sense of like neighborhood will come alive because just you see that who's there, what do you need, you know, mm-hmm. but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You, you hope, man. I mean, but the, it's like, you know, the, the, the flip side, the concerning side is like, you know, you have these, these workers that are being deemed uh, uh, essential. And, and in a way, it's like that, that label is beautiful because you sort of see what essential means. Essential are the people who pick up our trash, you know. Essential are the people who work in the grocery stores and like who, like who, who, who make society run by by doing the the jobs that are not like you know what what we would consider uh glorious by by most standards but in another way because yeah at this time we we don't have a vaccine and especially when people are uh like there are companies that are not like closing down facilities for testing who are denying like two dollar an hour bump in hazard pay to workers it's like you know, there's um, a movement called the Poor People's Campaign um, that that has been a source of inf- inspiration for me. And and um, uh, one of the leaders, Reverend Dr. Barber, you know, uh, was recently saying that it's like uh, they're using essential worker as the term, but like in some ways they're getting treated like uh, expendable workers because they're the ones who who are having to like go out 
into this environment that is currently not safe and like try to keep things moving so you know it's it's a it's an emotional balance to find that silver lining for me and be like you know what i've been touring so hard for years now i probably needed this slowdown you know versus like wow there are some people who don't have that same fortune you know to to uh take you know the staycation i'm taking and uh and trying to figure out how to like support them and 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 like you know ride for them my one of my great friends who actually put me on to your music shout out to ernie uh he said they say essential because he can't say sacrificial i mean that's it's heavy but like that's a word man you know that's um that's 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 right especially in the face of workers being denied these small uh uh like small concessions from from companies the the hazard pay the 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 testing the sick leave um you know it's uh it's it's heavy here in california especially northern california right when it when this all started they were like shout out to all the immigrant migrant workers that are working in the fields and then the news comes out that since the stores are even though people are stocking up like once you stock up you don't need to buy more so they want to give them a pay cut because these pr- uh, produce companies aren't going to make like just projected not even actual just projected they're not going to hit their quota so these guys are the ones that are in danger and they want to give them a pay cut during all this because it, it's going to hurt their bottom line and, and and i mean that's outrageous you know and, and then you see um you see Amazon workers, uh, Walmart, uh, Instacart, Trados, um, people who are who are going on strike, who are who are walking out, and uh, you can understand why when you hear stories like that. Another thing, um, I'm not sure how how it, it it'll be taken by the audience, but it needs to be said is people are in so 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 much of a rush to open up because they're still going to be able to work from home this is a poor people problem they said mm-hmm. so the poor people have to go work those minimum wage jobs at the grocery store mm-hmm. at the gas stations at whatever it may be but they just want these leisure activities like oh i get to work from home i get to choose if i want to go get some ice cream you know they don't want to open up and put themselves in danger they just feel like okay well if i go on downtime and it was just kind of things we know, but when you see it, it's like, it's a, the whole me mentality. And one thing I always reiterate is when, until we go from me to we, like we're not going to go that far as a society because it's not about me, you know, it's about us. It's about how can we help each other out? How can we not put um, these sacrificial people because they need to pay their bills because they're going to get evicted, you know? Yeah. You're still working from home, making six, seven figures. People are like, yeah, let's open up. Let's open up. Let's open up. Let's in Denver. What was it like a month ago where they were, the nurses had to stand in front of them so they couldn't block the entrances to hospitals. Like this is America. This is not what they meant by, you know, freedom of Liberty. You know, you're, <laughs> these are the people putting in the most danger, you know, at the hospitals. Yes, indeed, man. I, I think I think you summed it up perfectly. 
um, one thing I wanted to touch on was I saw your involvement in the last prisoner project. Can you elaborate on that as far as like what it is and how, how it goes about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, the last prisoner project, um, I believe, was started in Denver. I might be wrong about that, but uh, I, th- I think it started in Denver. And uh, essentially, its its goal is to um, get people out of prison who are currently serving sentences for nonviolent crimes, um, uh, re- like revolving around cannabis, uh, you know, re- revolving around weed and. Um, yeah, uh, I, I posted online, but you know, there's like a, a there's like a, a kind of a refrain going around the internet that's like, you know, when these dispensaries uh, start looking like an Apple store, it's time to let a lot of people out of prison, right? Because it's like, you know, these these people uh, are, are sitting in jail while an industry, a legal a legalized industry is is popping up, and um, you do see a uh, discrepancy between the people who are sort of at the helm of this rising legalized industry uh, and then and the people who are sitting in jail who uh, who are mostly people of color uh, and mostly low-income people so the last prisoner project is it's to free the people who are in prison uh, do the nonviolent cannabis crimes especially in the face of this pandemic that's happening right now because like you hear these stories of um, you know, there's no, there's nowhere to wash your hands. There's like cells that have uh, way too many people in them. It's like if someone gets sick, maybe at some point they get removed from, excuse me, the facility, but they don't, they don't go in and, and clean the the cell that they were in. They might put another person in there. And it's like, um, if you are in prison right now, uh, this, it's, it seems like you you're a sitting duck and so um it's like not only is it is it time anyway for these people to be out of prison but in the face of of totally unsafe uh conditions a potential um uh death sentence really by by sitting in prison during during this pandemic um we want to get them home to to their family so uh, that's that's the last prisoner project. Um, they they had approached me to um, do a, a small like uh, video acoustic session um, representing the indications, and I you know I said yeah because um, it it feels like a a worthy cause to me, a, a great cause, a great idea, and um, you like we were saying earlier, trying to figure out how to support people in this time with what I know how to do. And I'm not a, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm not a, I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not a like, uh, you know, data expert or, or whatever. I'm, I'm a musician. And so if I can use my music uh, for a good cause like that, I'm, I'm gonna. That's beautiful. And I've shared this story on air before. I had an associate um, who had a, I believe it was a nephew in, in Georgia. And he got caught with an eighth of, an eighth of weed. And he did two years prison. And here in California, like, like I pulled over multiple times with marijuana. Like, I would be like, what's that? And I'd be like, I just came from the dispensary. Here's my card. Here's like, okay, go on. Like, this is a nonviolent crime. We got people behind cages. And it costs more to put a prisoner in jail than it does to house them, than it does to put into our 
public education to fix our roads. Like if it wasn't a for-profit corporation, you know, for-profit prisons should be illegal. People should, shouldn't be profiting off of somebody else's, um, what is the word? I'm not extortion, but like, cause in some of these States, I'm, I'm not sure if he had to work for free labor, but it's, it's modern day slavery. They work for pennies on the day and then the prisoner gets paid more. They spend like $10 on average on them. They get paid like 900 from mm -hmm. the federal government. Mm -hmm. And I mean, where do you start? It's just crazy. So that's, that's, um, it's really good that you you took part in that, spread the word, because it's just like you said, it's time. It's legal. Most of America wants it legal. And so are these people to be sitting behind bars for a nonviolent, quote unquote, crime is absurd. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, especially when when you when you look at, uh, you know, on, on like the last prisoner uh, project, which uh, the website, you can go to lastprisonerproject.org. Um, you know, they say that forty seven billion dollars are spent annually. On the war on drugs. Right. So if you think about like you know, the, the recent like stimulus, you know, package that, that happened in the U S and it's like, um, all, all these conversations about like, well, how, how are you going to pay for this? How are you going to pay for that? It's like, you know, there, there, there is money and it's like, how, how much of that could be, could be spent doing other things could be spent. Like, you know, I hear all the time in, in, in Los Angeles about like the homeless population or in San Francisco or all up, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, or, or, or rehabilitation, you know, like, uh, in anything, any, any host of social programs. Um, so yeah, lastprisonerproject.org. It's, I, I think it's, it's one of, of many organizations that seem like they're trying to like use this moment of change, um, to, to try and like come out the other side of this thing with, uh, with this country, uh, change for the better that's, i applaud you for that i applaud them it's i mean i don't we're talking of politics on here but like you said i'm not a politician the, the audience knows that like, I, I don't know anything about nothing but is this, it's like is, like is do you normally like talk talk a lot of politics on, on the podcast depending on the guests if they feel like going that way we'll go that way i, I i'll let the audience know like not for the <laughs> other person but i'm my own dad like i'm an idiot like check the data i i can share what i know what i've read yeah. And if you don't agree with it, show me what you've read, whatever. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I'm not trying to influence them in any way. It's just like, this is what I believe as an illegal immigrant in Southern California. This is what I know. So when you tell me like race isn't an issue, uh, stereotypes when it's just like, no, I've dealt with all that. So we'll, I'll share my own stories. The guests will share their stories. Some guests from the moment it starts or before, they'll be like, don't go into politics. I don't know nothing. I mean, me neither, me neither, but I'm just not afraid to put my opinion out there but you know but, your experience you know and 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 in, like I, I think there is value in 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 being like this is my experience this is my cousin's experience this is my friend's experience you know and you, you all you can do is is kind of learn as much as you can and 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 uh, like reflect the, the world around you and like share share what you know that's what i try to do and that's what i mean it it could go anyway. You know, some people are like, oh, they'll say a political statement. And they'll be like, but I don't want to get into politics. Like, cool. I respect it. So it's wherever people want to take it. Because what, what I always say, like, especially in the DMs, right? I like to conversate with uh, 
with uh, fans when the time allows. And right now, <laughs> during quarantine, it kind of allows it. They tell me, but what can we change? And that's one conversation that everybody's like, where do we start? I love that conversation. Because I go, start on one thing and let people know about that thing, you know? Because yeah. one big issue that me and my friends have is the, the, at the border, the separation of families. Um, okay, they came here illegally, but keep the families together. They'll deport the parents and then the four-year-old and, you know, not to be like, oh, I'm a dad, you know, that's just any four-year-old. Mm-hmm. They're representing themselves in court, not speaking the language, not knowing what you're telling them. And their seven-year-old siblings now in charge of two lives. And during quarantine, the reporters have no access to the kids. And when they do, it's like they haven't bathed in a month. They got no toothpaste. They got no toothbrush. They got no soap. Like, so it's like, when, where do you start? Then you have the homeless, like you said. Maybe it's a mental health problem. Well, let's reopen up. We have the money for it, obviously. Let's reopen up those mental health facilities and help them. The roads, how are they always working on the freeway? But yet it's always an issue. Like let's Yeah, yeah. no, no doubt, man. I mean, it's um that's overwhelming and and you know, your, your stories about the family separation. I mean, it's uh it, it's it's heavy and I, I don't have kids. I can only imagine as a parent how how those stories, you know, m- must feel to to read that just just um it's disheartening you know because me being here just like what can we do about it like what can we do and that's why i say we could share information mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure somebody that's like anti-immigration will still say okay you know what we shouldn't separate the families you know and it's something that i think we if we talk about it we could come to a conclusion okay let's not cage right but let's house them together let's put them as a family because that's all they have. They left their home behind. Imagine how bad it has to be to want to come and risk being in a cage. That's a risk you're willing to take that you know might be a consequence. So the, the, you mentioned the war on drugs. There's a great meme. The war on drugs. The drugs won, guys. Like, this is not a, you make these, the war on terror, like things that will never be won. So just you can continue pushing that idea. I'm not for like legalization of all drugs, but I'm open for to the discussion of it. You know, let the smart people figure it out. Like, hey, let the data run its course. Have a city that I think Philadelphia was supposed to be trying it out. Something where like, okay, this works because they have these centers where you could come and you won't overdose on crack or whatever, heroin. They start limiting your supply so i know it sounds absurd to some people be like what the hell you want to give them drugs like no we're trying to rehab rehabilitate people like prisons are supposed to they're not supposed to come out worse why in other countries they have like they learn a code they learn a trade they come out better citizens here we kind of want to cycle them through so that they're never empty and like i said it's just where do you start and it's, it sucks that it's 2020, greatest country in the existence of the human race. And we have these issues that are almost simple if you were to say, okay, let's, let's not have for-profit prisons. Obviously, somebody's benefiting out of the, uh, what's the word? I'm not, it's not extortion, but uh, when you take advantage of somebody. like Exploitation. Exploitation of a demographic in an area. People smoke weed everywhere. 
but the cops are just parked in the hood all the time. So you're going to catch the low-income families smoking, whereas in the suburbs, like you said, they have an Apple store that's pretty much selling cannabis. So. Yeah, man, I mean, I, I think, it, and then it's like, you know, once you start, you know, I, I can feel it. It's like, you know, once you start going down this hole, it gets, it, it starts to spiral and it starts to feel bigger and bigger. And you're like, what, what can I do? There's so, there's so many issues, but you said something earlier, you know, about like sort of your perspective change in, in this in this time of quarantine, you know, talking about how you feel more neighborhood oriented at this time. And I think that's probably, that's probably the answer. People probably, uh, you know, more knowledgeable than, than, than me would probably say like, you know, start in your neighborhood, start in your community. You know, like this sort of like top down changes it, it it seems like at the moment unfortunately the system is sort of jammed up to the point where it, it feels very it feels very hard to change any one huge thing but you know i see people like in in brooklyn like running for local office you know people our, our age or, or or slightly older like you uh, you see like alexandria ocasio cortez um you know in the bronx and it's just sort of like she saw like you know her community and that's where that's where she started was just like how do you how do I make my neighborhood the best it can be, and how do I make then it's like how do I make my borough the best it can be? And then how do I make my city and 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 now it's like how do I make you know how do I make my country the best it can be? So, you know, I I think starting small and trying to make your community your immediate community like uh, as as good as it can be is is probably probably a way forward. Not to plug myself, but I, I had a quote for this. Um, I made a. 20 challenges for this year, right? Called the 2020 vision. I made an episode for that. But I had a quote that everybody wants to change the world. But in order to change the world, you got to change the world around you. And in order to change the world around you, you got to change yourself. And that's, to me at least, it's helped me because I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just trying to make myself a better person, better father, better uh, sibling, better son, better friend, better acquaintance, better podcast. I'm just trying to be better. I'm not trying to be better than somebody else. I just want to be better than I was yesterday, a week ago, two weeks ago. And it's been five months, right? Things aren't great right now, but we're surviving. We're not thriving, but we're surviving. And people reach out to me like, hey, what are you doing? Like, everything's going really good for you. And I'm just like, I'm just doing what I need to do. I'm not worried about what so-and-so is doing, how their show started three months ago and they got 10,000. Like, I'm worried about what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't go to work and worry about what other people are doing. I just focus on what I have to do. I don't worry about so-and-so not spending time with their kid. I spend time with my kid because that's my favorite thing to do. I take that over anything. So I just do what I like to do. And it's crazy because I see the change in such a short time. So I'm like, I'm not trying to influence anybody. But if I could change somebody's perspective, that's already a win just by them saying, hey, what you're doing is obviously working for you. So let me try it for myself. Because at the end of the day, me being better does not affect them in any way. Them being better does not affect me in any way. So it's all about, I say, it sucks to say, but you gotta be a little selfish sometimes because me focusing on myself has made me better. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm focused on other people, I'm, you're never gonna win. You're never gonna change somebody else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I see that for sure. I mean, I, I think that like, 
you know, as as we've like gotten bigger as a band, you know, um, and and started to make it our, our career, all of a sudden you kind of see it's like a mountain, you know, the the sort of higher up you you get on the mountain, the less the less room there is, right? And I think that can that can definitely if you focus on you know only on, on that of just the climbing, I gotta be on the very top, I gotta be on the top, then you start to like spend a lot of time and energy trying to like you know make sure nobody's you know nobody's crowding you out of that space and you know it's 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 toxic competition and um that's like that's a really hard thing to un to unlearn you know that's a that's a thing i have to i have to remind myself of all the time to be like you know you're running your own race you and you and the things that you get uh, are gonna come in in their own time and you know it's it's not necessarily like you know they call it zero sum Mm-hmm. right yeah. it's like i get this thing you that means you don't get this thing. it's uh, there are some things like that you know but but in, in general it's not so much like that it's like it it, it really um it, <laughs> you can really feel better walking around uh when when you start to shift the focus away from like um from from that kind of like uh competitive mindset into like yeah in, into focusing on on your race I felt like meditation has helped me. That was one of the challenges, uh, 10 minutes daily. And I just kind of put myself in perspective because it, it, it allows you to kind of focus on what's important. At the end of the day, yeah, granted, I enjoy making the show. If one person or a thousand listens, it doesn't make that much of a difference, right? At the end of the day, I turn off my laptop and I go play with my kid. That's when I'm happy. Like this is great this is memorable i'm gonna enjoy this cherish this the rest of my life but if let's say i were to stop in five years i wouldn't stop hanging out with my dog like so focusing on what's important and then saying like okay podcasting is a hobby i enjoy this yeah it's going really great but it might not always be going great Mm -hmm. it might just lose listeners for you know things happen tv shows were great and then they stopped being great people stopped listening so i'm like you know what let that be one of the things you do, like I tell people, oh, you're a podcaster. I'm, like, I'm not a podcaster. I'm hectic. One of the things I do is podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a father. That first and foremost, that's what I am. If you want to label me, I'm a father. I'm a poppy, actually, because that's what she called me. So, <laughs> but this is all just extra. I, one of my, I have a lot of little dumb quotes, but I say, Abigail is life. The rest is just details. Mm-hmm. It's cool, man. It's beautiful. I mean, you know, it, it, it seems like to to have to have your feet, you know, grounded like that seems like a very uh steady place to be. Wasn't always like that, Aaron. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I made some good money early on. I started bartending at twenty. I was the guy, I still have it, but you know, I was the guy with the BMW with the gold and fancy chains with the fancy watch and Looking back now, I'm like, who were you, dude? That that wasn't you. But like you said, I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I grew. We might get into that. Let's see. Um, I grew up on rap. So what do you see on rap videos? Nice cars, <laughs> big chains. So I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And then it took me a few years to realize I got all that, and I wasn't happy. Like that didn't represent who I was. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am as a person. So it took years to realize, like, hey, like you could still enjoy the music. It's great music, but you don't need to do all that extra stuff. You know, that's not who you are. 
that doesn't bring happiness. It was just, I thought that was growing up poor, right? Like growing up very poor. I thought I wrote this in a, in a journal, like in 20, 2000, 2005, I believe I was a junior. And like once I have a BMW, I made it in life. And I, that came at 21 years old and I thought I made it in life. And I was like, dude, this is, this is nothing. This is a car. Now I drive a car older than me for the gas mileage. I'm like, it's the same thing, the same trip. This, I get better mileage, so I'm, I'm happier. But one thing I wanted to mention about rap, you're influenced by Illmatic, by Nas, and Reasonable Doubt by JC. I, absolutely. I heard the grapevine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hip-hop was also, like, a huge influence in my life. It's funny, like, you know, I meet, uh, I meet a, a lot of people in the in the soul scene, and uh, especially like it, you know, in like the the Chicano soul scene, who also have this other um, this other side, which is like like punk and metal stuff. Like I meet a decent amount of people who are like in, in high school they were like going to hardcore shows, but they also uh, you know like were down with like the the you know uh, like the the uh, the the soldies, you know soldies, you know oldies, whatever whatever. Yeah. You want to um I, for me I, I never really had a, a punk phase but um i i had it, it was hip-hop you know and and um i, I you know I, I grew up in uh in baltimore and like you know the the radio uh the radio stations there 92q and uh and 93.9 uh which w- would broadcast from dc um uh definitely like shaped uh shaped my my brain in, in a lot of ways um because those were the the sounds that I was hearing um and then and and sort of like idolizing and 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 wanting to to be like I had a yeah I had a poster of Jay-Z like up on my bulletin board when I was a kid because like to me it was like Jay was like he was the epitome he was the image of like of of like class of of like cool you know he was like he he was he was tough but he was like smooth you know he and like he was like uh uh you know he he was he was like um he was that like, he was hard but like you know would wear like suits and stuff I don't know he's like Denzel you know what I'm saying yeah, he's that's like, exactly what I'm saying he, he like oh, Denzel in American Gangster like absolutely. classy he's like Denzel in every role Denzel's ever played I love Denzel Washington but um. Yeah, that definitely. I I was so sure that I was gonna be in a hip hop band. Um, like like the Roots. The Roots were really big for me. Like um, probably when I was like fourteen, uh, somebody gave me "Do You Want More," um, and uh, along with a couple other CDs. But that that one in particular really like. Um, as a drummer, I was like, I didn't even know I wanted this because I would just be in my basement playing along to Illmatic over and over again learning all the large professor, you know, drum breaks and all the premier drum breaks, drum parts. And um, that like here in the roots, I was like, oh, like you can do both. You can be both. You can be hip hop and you can be a musician. Um, So, yeah, I was I was sure that I was like, when I go to college, I'm going to like find an MC and we're going to like make a hip hop band. Um, And that's not exactly what happened, but uh, definitely the indications like are influenced by hip-hop and specifically like sample-based hip-hop you could see it you could see it it's like but 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 i I mean i also like you know like i we're around the same age so like um uh the 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 hip-hop in like the early early and mid 2000s some of that stuff was also i I have a real soft spot in my heart for like 
Lil Wayne. Cameron and Joel Santana, you know, um, of like uh, like G Unit. Um, like I think I think the documentary by the game Ooh. is honestly like one of the most underrated albums of of that era it's it's seriously like a west coast classic and i know the game obviously is is a massive star but i still feel like um uh that album doesn't always get uh the respect that it deserves in terms of like the canon of like west coast hip-hop i mean every song on there is a banger like he came out firing it was it, it was amazing i remember at the time and even now I see friends, especially like on social media, share it as like, you know, throwback Thursday or like what you youngsters know about this, you know, kind of thing. Like, cause that, that, I mean, at least the people in my group were like, dude, cause sometimes we'll be like, this album was better than that one. Like, and we'll debate songs. Like you say, we're just fans. We're not musicians, but we're just fans. Um, that's why I mentioned Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, 2004, 2003 to like 2008. Yeah. Everything he was on was banging. Everything. Like- Lil Wayne, when I was in, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this because I, I love, like, I love hip hop from 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 that era. But um, like, you know, when I was in high school, Lil Wayne to me was like the New York Yankees, right? Um, in that he just like he was everywhere, like he was just on top. You know what I'm saying? He was like dominating, and uh, you know, growing up, you know. Being from Baltimore, like I was an Orioles fan, right? Okay, so, okay. So always trying to scrap it out, like get up, you know, get up the division, you know, board uh, and against the Yankees, and you know, Scott Brocious or Paul O'Neill, you know, somebody like that would 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 edge us out, you know. And it was like broke our hearts when like Mike Messina went to the Yankees. That was like a big deal. Um, so like I don't know. I feel like I I, I grew up sort of like. Uh, I I didn't like that sort of that the the bit like I don't know the Yankees like the the Duke universities like that okay, the, the big guy the the Dallas yeah, Cowboys the evil empire you know and and so like when Lil Wayne was sort of in his like you know sort of dominating period I was kind of like I don't know but then it was sort of like in retrospect I sort of looked back and and kind of appreciated more um a lot of what he was doing at the time i was like i was like oh man on like mrs officer he rhymes like beat it like a cop with beat it like a cop (laughs) like a cop would beat it like you know it's like he rhymes and i was like oh come on man you know uh or or like uh um you know for example when when jay-z dropped like death of auto tune um that was like that was like a really big deal in my life because you know the first hip-hop I, I ever heard was like eric b and rakim mm. and and nas and like that's what that's what i associated as like hip-hop and so as rap was changing and you have this this rise of like auto-tune it was stripping away a lot of the elements of hip-hop that i had come to to identify with so um when jay-z like did that i was just like you know i was like ah my hero you know like coming to like you know shut it down but um obviously in in the long run i think that uh it was obviously uh, proven incorrect and 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 auto-tune is is now like a dominant characteristic of uh of 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 top 40 hip-hop of sort of like the the globally you know influencing sound um but i've 
you know, I, I've come to, to, to look on like, um, um, what's his name with the, with the auto tune? Um, uh, man. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I'm in love with the stripper. T-Pain. T-Pain. Okay. 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 That's uh, what I was going to say first of all. He's probably talking about now. No, no, no. Like, you know, now I sort of look back and, and I was like, you know, he was, he was really, I think he was, he was doing it like in a, in an artistic way. It, it really was, even though, you know, as like a, as a young kind of brash kid, I was like, am I allowed to curse? No, I'm not going to curse. I was like, you don't have to, you don't have to, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'll cuss for it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I was like, forget this, you know, but, um, uh yeah now i see like t-pain was really doing it these these days um it's it's a little harder for me to um kind of wrap my head around some of the more like i don't know like auto-tune like triplet the the you know that that kind of stuff it it doesn't it doesn't do it for me i i think um like so many things, uh, music is is sort of like context oriented. Like if you hear a song, I don't know, through your phone speakers in your room, and, you know, you might be like, I don't, I don't really want to listen to this. But if you're in like, if you're in the club and you're like, you're drunk and you're with your friends, you're dancing and, and that 808 is hitting so hard that like your chest cavity is like rattling, you know, that's that's probably what, what you want in that vibe. Like you, you don't necessarily want some like, I don't know, some like backpacker, you know, some like Mad Lib, Talib Kweli from like 2006. Like you probably, it's probably not what you want. Um, so I, I, I've, I've sort of come to a place where I'm just like, you know, th- there's definitely a time and, and, and place for, for those artists, even though um, I, I do think that like part of the fun for me of hip hop is, uh, is people's voices, like th- their actual timbre, right? Like that sound of their voice. And I think when you when you're using auto tune, it does, um, it does lose a little bit of that. Like, you, you know, you, I look at so many of my, my heroes of, of, of rap and it's like, they have beautiful voices just like Smokey had, had a beautiful voice or Curtis, you know, it's like, um, you hear these voices and you know who it is because of how they're using their, their instrument. And it's like in the same way, it's like Q-tip, for example, Guru, Busta Rhymes, like Jay, Nas, like uh, Cameron, on and on, Wu-Tang, you know, anybody from like Wu-Tang, it's like, uh, like Ghostface uh, or, or, or even now like, you know, um, Kendrick or uh, like Action Bronson, like it, it, to me, the f- part of the fun is, is, is experiencing somebody's, uh, somebody using their, their instrument in its fullest dimension and auto-tuned like for me strips strips some of that away we're not haters here so i don't we're not haters here we're not haters here but bitch you guessed it love it love that song you know uh like uh two chains last record rapper go to the league there's a lot of songs on there i i enjoy you know uh if future um some of that stuff i i I can get with that's what i was gonna ask because you mentioned uh kendrick personally a lot of the new hip hop made me kind of like appreciate the one we grew up on a little more. And it made me kind of try different genres just because I was like, this isn't for me. There, there'll be songs, there'll be artists that'll like, kind of, like you said, I'll be like, Ooh, Ooh, this is a vibe. I can, I can, 
fuck with this. But it made me explore different genres because like, I was just like, I'm not going to listen to these three songs all day. So for me, I mean, quote, it was good in a sense that it didn't go the way I liked because it opened up so many avenues where I had to find new genres, new artists, new, and expanded my, my music, music listening files like 10 times over. But who do you take, not say influence from, but like who do you kind of in new age hip hop or what do you listen to when like you're just hanging out or that type of thing? You know, is it like hip hop? Is it the 70s records or are you just kind of here and there? I'm all over the place, man. You know, because it's like it's like I was saying, it's like so much of it is contextual. It's like where I'm it's what the weather is like. You know, if if it's a rainy day, it might be Ahmad Jamal. You know, it might be some some it might be Chet Baker. Uh it might be I don't know, you know, quiet storm stuff. Uh if if it's sunny out, you know, maybe I'm I'm listening to some uh like disco stuff you know i i've been i've been really enjoying like you know mid-tempo uh disco like not super like coked up like fast stuff but just kind of like chill but still still got a beat that makes you move um but i love country music um you know that that surprises a lot of people when i when i tell them that but um especially after i moved out to indiana i really fell in love with country and, and like that's a great example of like contextual you know in Baltimore, it was just like, I was like, uh, this isn't, uh, I don't really get it. But once you're out in Indiana, you know, you're in the Midwest and it's sort of like you hear it in its natural habitat. You can really start to see the the beauty and the value of it. I, um, I made a, like a, a, a mix for my friend, um, my friend's road trip that they were doing. They were doing like a photography zine, you know, thing um, of New Mexico. And I put a lot of country songs on it even though like these are like huge, like, you know, very knowledgeable, like soul uh, collectors, soul heads. Um, but I put a lot of country music on there because I've done that driving in New Mexico and it's so open and spacious and, and, and so majestic out there that like some of the sound of like, of, of country music um, can, can it, it hits differently, man. I mean, that's, you know, as, as the kids say, like it, it hits different when, when you're in, the place where it makes sense for the music or food for example if you are like you know this, this is probably going to upset some people but i don't love the taste of coconut for example yeah, me neither. you know uh it's a controversial take you know i gotta be careful <laughs> but but if i you know like uh we played a show we or we yeah we played a, a festival in mexico and we went down there and i'm like in mexico i'm like on the beach and you know my sweetheart gets like a you know gets like a, a drink with coconut and it's like in that moment it, it made sense like in my brain i tasted i was like okay like that's this is where coconut <laughs> belongs you know um but yeah uh it's it, it's all about where i'm at physically where i'm at emotionally what my my environment i gotta ask for a favor then uh country is something that i've tried but like maybe it's for me, it's not relatable in a sense. And I've given it numerous tries over the years, over the last five, six years. And I can't like really get into it. Like, what would you recommend an artist or maybe a song or two to just kind of say, okay, I like this. What else, you know, you put, I like um, Spotify because when you use the, the shuffle, you know, you put in a song, it's 
things familiar with it, similar to it. And mm -hmm. I just kind of, I don't know, I've given it a try and up until now, I haven't really been like, well, this is for me or this is something that I can vibe with. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of one that I, I come back to year after year. There's a, a song called I Pity the Country by an artist um, named Willie Dunn. W-I-L-L-I-E Dunn, D-U-N-N. And um, he's actually um, a native uh, a Native American artist uh, from the 70s, I believe. And um, he does like country music, but he's, he's singing from his perspective. And uh, that song in particular is... Um, is a song that that's like um, full of, of sentiments that can, I think, be applied to today. Um, it feels like sunny and it, it, there is this feeling of like beauty and, and hope, but it also is he's speaking on some on some some real issues. Um, so like you know that's I mean that's a pretty like obscure one but like it's it's on Spotify I'm sure you can find it on on YouTube. Okay, I'll give it a check. Uh, you said I pity the country by Willie Dunn. Right. Cool, I got that. Thank you. Um, just as a fan, I I gotta I gotta ask, what's in store for for you personally and then as the group as a whole? Like what's on your guys' agenda? I know the whole. It's a terrible question to ask. I'm a terrible host. Because we don't know what lies ahead, right? We don't know when the country's going to open it back up. We don't know what the new normal is. But as a terrible host, I got to ask, like, what, what's in store for you? What's in store for the indications? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right that, that there's a lot of um, uncertainty. But at the same time, it's like we, we can't – we're not just going to, like, stop everything we're doing, you know. So um, – uh, the indications are working on new music. Uh, we're working on our third record. Um, I'm I'm really excited uh, about kind of where where we're at musically. I'm gonna say about that at the moment. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying also writing, uh, doing some more songwriting like for other artists. Um and. Uh, just trying to like, just trying to write, you know, because uh, I know it sounds like a cliche and like, you know, if you, if you talk to people um, who are sort of like in the business, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it sometimes, but people talking about writing as like a muscle. Um, and, and I think that it, it is, it's like a certain amount, there is this certain amount of like magic where you're like, you're on the edge of sleep at like 3 a.m. and all of a sudden you get an idea and you run over to your laptop and your, your guitar, you record a voice memo, you chase it, you know. But then there is also a certain amount that I think you can, um, you can cultivate by routine. So um, just trying to, to write as often as I can, um, as often as, you know, as, as feels natural. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of that's kind of where it's at for for me and the and the band. We're just writing tunes and trying to trying to get back to playing shows as soon as we can. Um, trying to figure out in this moment what we can do to still 
bring our songs, our music, like what we do to to the world, not just for our own, you know, satisfaction and our own um, like desire to like be heard, but also um, like we were saying earlier, trying to use what we can do like to help, even if it's someone's having a hard day, someone is in a panic spiral because they read too much Twitter, you know, or been watching CNN or something. And and maybe in a way our, our songs can can help bring some bring some light in in that moment. So that's that's what that's what we're up to. That's great. Um, I, I'm just um, fascinated by your humbleness because I saw your post. You know, you said um, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but you were referring to like you know we all want to go back to normal, but we know we gotta we're not the only one seeing it. It was, you mentioned like the, the ticket people, the concessions, you know, stagehands, et cetera, et cetera. It was a long list and I was just like, he has his own worries, but he knows that those people, just like, you know, you can't perform. If there's nobody to perform, those people have nowhere to work, you know? And I feel like that sense of, like I said earlier, community is, is beautiful. And I, I like the way you guys you in particular, it, it epitomizes it like first and foremost, you know, it's not just yourself. So I salute no, you. I, I appreciate it. Like, you know, like it, the, the more, the more we started to, you know, I started to do this on a professional level, the, the, the more I realized sort of what went into it. You know, when you see a show, if you watch Beyonce's homecoming, I don't, I don't know how much time we have. We have all day. Well, as long as you want to go. If you watch Beyonce's homecoming documentary. I have not, but okay. Uh, it, it's on it's on netflix it's like so for example like when we when the indications start our show right here's what happens we're, we're backstage i do like i'm doing like 10 push-ups to try to get my blood moving you know someone's like taking a shot of whiskey people are like you know getting ready stretching out doing warm-ups whatever so once we're all ready the the uh someone will shine a light from backstage to um to the sound booth sound booth sees that they kill the lights they kill the house music which is like you know it's either a dj spinning or it's uh like an ipod or whatever on a on a playlist um they start our intro music uh which is um a lot of people don't realize but it's actually it's an excerpt from inglorious bastards um from the soundtrack um at a certain point when like the the sort of horn there's a horn drop we walk on stage we wait for that musical cue we walk on stage you know and then we like hit a chord with the with the music the music fades out like somebody from the board fades it out and we start our set all that that i just described happens in like 60 seconds right there's so much going on like for 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 these moments uh in a production that you as the audience if we do it right you don't see that like the the point is that you is that you don't see it like the point if if the ticket taker is is doing their thing and the and the merch person is is like is turning the line over quick and, and you're not stuck and the sound person does their thing security keeps everything under control you don't realize sometimes that they're even there because they're working for for the experience of the audience to be a seamless one, and 
yeah i mean it's like they we are all in it together when we play a show even though the people on stage are, are the ones that are getting applauded it's like it takes that it takes that whole team and you can even go wider with it you know it's like it, it's like we were talking about like uh, undocumented immigrants it's like how like how are people getting their food right now you know it's because it's like because somebody has to go it's like yes you are when you grab that fruit off off the little like you know uh off the little stand in the grocery store it didn't come from nowhere it's like a whole team is behind it just for that one moment when you when you grab this thing so you know it always feels like helpful perspective to to know that like what you do even if you're running your own business it's like you know you're you're still you're still getting in your car that was made by somebody you're still getting on your roads that were paved by by somebody so yeah we we're all in it damn yeah i like your perspective and you mentioned inglorious bastards what, what kind of movies do you like watch on your downtime or on your leisure time <laughs> it's one of my favorites that's why i love i love that one too um what kind of uh movies recently i realized um that uh there were a bunch of scorsese films that i had i had never seen um so i had never seen casino and i'd never seen goodfellas wow i know i know i know i I get that it's like people are like what like dude you know but um yeah i i watched um the irishman on netflix and i was like first of all you know it's very long very but it's it's a it's a fun watch for me because I love I love gangster films. Same, same. I love the the style. I love the soundtrack. You know, um, uh, I got like you know part of my family is like is is from Italy, and I you know I I enjoy just like just I enjoy the vibe, right? So um, yeah, I I've been working my way. Uh, I've been working my way through some of those Scorsese films. That's cool. I, so some of those are my favorites, and I I always I don't know why, be it the way I was raised, like in the neighborhood, you know, kind of thing, where I always appreciate those films because you know a lot of times it's like take care of the community. You know, they'll 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 do their thing, but they take care of their people, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like a Bronx Tale, I just rewatched during the quarantine and I. Some of these scenes where they're just so like people are like, oh my god, it's such a like a show. I'm like, no, these things happen, you know, like the whole now you can't leave, and uh-huh. just like those type of things. I I really enjoy gangster films as well. The what did I see the other day? I saw The Untouchables recently. Mm, with, nice, uh, Robert De Niro, uh-huh. and then I mean, it's I funny, you know, like they, a lot of times they like play basically the same characters you know what i'm saying like joe pesci plays a mean little guy in like every film and it's all i mean it, but it's awesome it's fun it's like it works it works yeah and which one would i recommend the one it's on netflix tom hardy um not the i think he just came out with a new movie called something with al capone i haven't seen that but the tom hardy one on netflix is pretty good uh, what, what, is, is no that's not where he's playing whitey whitey bulger no because he's playing two brothers he He's, plays both characters, yeah. That sounds cool. Uh, I, I can go on forever, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, yeah, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I like uh, I like comedies too. I mean, I, I don't I don't like horror movies. I, I will say, and I know 
that there are it's funny man i i've met through this music and and like you know um even like the the style you know that the band has that that i have like i've met a lot of um a lot of girls that have like you know uh this sort of like distinct it's somewhere between rockabilly and like um a night, nightmare before christmas or something like you know these these girls that sort of like love horror movies and stuff uh and they um i feel like that you know they they would probably get upset to to hear that somebody doesn't like a, a horror movie but yeah like the jump it's just it's just not for me man there's there's enough horror in in the world as it is i feel like i don't i don't need to consume any more in my downtime same um i'm not scared like i'll watch them like if that's what person wants to watch like but uh that and like the like the romantic comedies it has to be like the breakup with like Vince Vaughn but other than that I don't really get into them yeah it's uh, you know it's it's not my favorite it's like you know if if my sweetheart wants to wants to watch something like that I, I'll I will right now I'm watching uh Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks. Is the that... like David Lynch directed it it's like 1990 1991 um kind of like a, a like a, a mystery kind of like whodunit type type thing but because it's david lynch it's like sort of it's very surreal so like a lot of things are just ah, bizarre it's, it's like you're tripping you know it, like it kind of feels that way i've been watching a lot of stand-up comedy like because netflix it's like there's so much watching old stuff and just you know trying to in the moment you at least forget things and you're like laughing and i feel like that's a good feeling so let's keep doing that you know yeah man i mean i i go back to the office a lot i'm sure i'm sure i'm not a, alone uh in that um but yeah that that's one that's like i feel like the equivalent of like comfort food for me you know as far as like tv shows goes like it's just it's funny and, and familiar and I can kinda like put it on in the background and it's just kinda like chatter. Speaking of food, you've traveled. You're not gonna upset anybody because that just means they need to up their game. Where's <laughs> your go to place for food? Like when you're like, Oh, we're in in insert city here, we get to try this today. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, be, because of because of my line of work, it, it is like it's an absolute blessing that I've I've gotten to to travel the world and and while I'm there, you know, have have some of the food. Um it's really hard, man. I I will say Mexico, um the food in Mexico is 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 pretty amazing. Um but also um we ended a winter tour one time uh in uh in Rome. Nice. And uh we wound up staying there for uh, uh i want to i want to stay in there with you know with, with my with my gal for like a couple of days and the food in rome was like crazy man i mean so good you know you can you could go to like a sit-down restaurant and it's gonna be amazing or you can get like you know some street food and it's also amazing it's just kind of like you don't need to go to the fanciest places in in, in a spot like rome and, and have like beautiful food Dude. Accompany with a little wine, a little red vino out there. Gotta, you gotta have wine, man. If you're like throwing down some real, like, you know, Italian, like carbonara or something like that, yeah, you gotta get some wine. I don't want to get you in trouble, so you don't have to answer. But what's if you drink? What's your like drink of choice? Are you you mentioned whiskey earlier? You meant some yeah, wine? No, yeah, I, I mean, 
you know, I don't, I don't drink like, like I used to, you know, and, and it was never, it was never crazy, crazy, obviously, but, um, as it's, it's funny. Cause like when people go to shows, when they go to concerts, it's like, it's like, you're going to like a party, you know, it's like, you're, you're going out for me because it's my work. It's like every night I'm at the party. So, it, you know, when I first started touring, it, it was more like a vacation, you know, and, and you're, and you're, you're partaking in the party like every night because you're at the party but at a certain point it's like when when you start touring um as hard as we do for me it just felt like i never i didn't have a chance to recover if i if i had too many the night before and i'm on four hours of sleep because we got a nine hour drive to make sound check I'm I'm thrashed, man. I you know you, you you're hungover, you're dehydrated, you're you're in a bad mood, you're sleep deprived, and then it just sort of it compounds. You just move forward in a worse state than than you were the day before. So when I'm on tour, I actually I drink very seldom. Um, there will be like a couple places, you know, if if I got like a lot of friends, like in in Bloomington, Indiana, in San Antonio, in uh in, in Los Angeles um in in Brooklyn it's like those are those are places where like you know I have like real like family and and I'll 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 let myself like you know ha- have a night but anyway to answer your question um if I'm if I'm at a bar I'm probably getting like a beer and a shot I'm probably doing I'm probably doing like the beer and shot special like give me a tecate and a shot of like well whiskey and I'm I'm like chilling nice it was your you're, you're, you're a man's man. Is what you are. <laughs> I mean, I also get down, don't get like, I, I love, I love like a good whiskey cocktail, like, um, whiskey, ginger, whiskey, sour, uh, old fashioned, old fashioned. I just, I just had a stuff, stuff like that is, is just, it's good for sipping on. Um, uh, you know, if, if someone, again, it's like contextual, you know, maybe if, if you're like, I don't know, on a beach somewhere, like you, you got a beautiful view and somebody, you know, hands me like a, some sort of like gin, like gin cocktail. That's a little more floral. I, I can get down with that too. But if I'm just like hanging with friends in a bar, yeah. Uh, give me, give me Tecate and a shot of whiskey. Damn. Yeah, man's man. Um, go to fast food. I'm gonna hit you with these just quick ones. Oh, okay. Um, go to fast food. Oh. I mean, Time out, time out, time out. Before we get into that, you're from the East Coast, but you've been in LA. What do you think of In N Out? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's cool, man. It, it's 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 like it's fast food, you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it's all right. I think if you're if you're drunk, if you're stoned, you know, it probably hits the spot. Like I think if if you're sort of on like even even footing in terms of your your kind of state of mind it's all right you know i I mean i i sort of like but i also like spent you know really important years of my life in the midwest and um like to me steak and shake out there that's my that would be my go-to fast food okay so you haven't offended anybody the coconut thing didn't hurt people the (laughs) we'll see we'll see the hard thing didn't hurt nobody but right now, people are like in and out. Like they're like, no, no, cancel, <laughs> cancel this guy. No, I like your honesty though, because see, I, I love it. I love it. That's that's one of my go-to. That's like 
top three for me. Like if I were to get something, yeah. As far as fast food, that that'd be one of the top three. But look, rep rep your you know rep your 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 hometown shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like in the same way, like you know, I love soccer. You know, and people are like, you know, asking me if I have like a Premier League team. You know, like like the English Premier League. They're like, you know, are you Chelsea person, Arsenal? I'm like. I'm not from England, so I, none of those are my team. I, I'll, I enjoy watching them because it's the highest level. But to me, like, I'm going to support the teams in my backyard because if we don't support, you know, uh, our own MLS teams, it's like, how is this league, you know, going to gonna get any better? Yeah, oh, yeah rep, rep, rep in and out if you want to. I'm going to rep Steak and Shake. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, do you guys have a team or who's uh, closest to you guys, the Revolution? Uh, NYFC. Okay, the red. No, no, no. That's a new one, right? Yeah, the there's, there's a lot of new one, Yeah, there's a lot of people out here like LAFC now, but Puro right. Galaxy. That's cool, man. I mean, you know that that's that's great. It's like if if you got something to to be proud of, you got to support. You got to grow your, the garden in your backyard. Yeah. And do you like other sports or just soccer? You um, said Orioles earlier. Yeah, I mean, I grew up loving uh, watching baseball. Um, uh, and and li- like going to sleep, listening to baseball games on the radio, because like there's actually something like very calming about baseball on the radio because there's so many so much time between pitches. The 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 announcer will just like fill it up with just kind of like chatter about whatever. Um, you know, he'll be like, you know, here's here's the pitch. It's uh, high ball one. Uh, you know the 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 uniforms that they're that they're using are like uh, a throwback uniform to like nineteen fifty five. Just like just kind of like chatter about like or, or chatter about the the grass or I don't know. You know like his his nephew or something, and it, it just kind of lulls well lulled me to sleep. Um, so I anyway I, I got childhood memories associated with baseball, but. Uh, uh, bad, bad, like regular. I like watching regular season NBA because it kind of reminds me of like a fish tank because it's just kind of boring. It's just they're just kind of floating around, running back and forth. It's if it's late at night and there's nothing on. I, I enjoy an NBA game. I I grew up playing baseball and I'm originally like from Alley County, like I said. So we grew up with Vince Coley, which is like what you were speaking of. He would. He's the master at that. The master. Absolutely. The, anything you know the parking lot uh, one time as i was walking out who would be there and then this nice old lady came up to me and gave me a slice of apple pie it turned out to be willie may's grandmother and she was so happy you know just like these crazy stories that just tie into the, the game. Absolutely. absolutely yeah he, he he is like the epitome of that it's like you might as well be on rocking chairs together in the front porch just like you know just taking it easy um, yeah, I, I used to I used to watch uh, a lot of NFL growing up. You know, Ravens. Um, I, I kind of fell off at, at at some point, and then the whole thing with like Colin Kaepernick happened, and everyone was like, "Boycott the NFL!" And I was like, I wasn't really watching anyway, so I'm um, sure. You, you know. gotta jump back on because you guys have Lamar Jackson. He's- I know, and and that's the thing is like you know when 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 we were like you know making our run, all of a sudden all of these as it as it as it goes, all these Ravens fans come out of the woodwork. They're like, ah, like, you know, we're huge Ravens fans. And it's like, I love the Ravens too, but I didn't feel like I had earned that, like the, the, um, the, the bandwagon that, that season. Cause I hadn't watched in a couple seasons. So I feel like, you know, you, you got to watch also when your team 
is terrible. Yeah. To celebrate the to celebrate the good times. Um, this was amazing. I don't know what I expected, but this went beautiful. I really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's um, you know, it's 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 cool that that you're doing this for, for you, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to check out some of the other episodes. I appreciate that. Um, anything I missed? Anything you want to touch on? Um, nah, I mean, I've been telling people drink water. That's, that's what I'm trying to remember myself. That's yeah. People, I did Instagram live. People like what's in the bottle. I was like, it's water. They're like, you're lying. I was like, nah, for real. It's, it's just H2O man. Cause, uh, I think sometimes when you're dehydrated, all, all of a sudden, like the whole world just your whole perspective. You just feel down and, and whatever. It can just be dehydration. Um, I, um, one of those 20 challenges I mentioned was 65 ounces of water, a gallon plus one ounce a day. And now I do a hundred ounces regularly. And I'm like, some of the listeners do it with me. So I'm like, you've been like urinating during this episode. Just <laughs> I have a cup down here. Yeah. Um, so make sure to check them out. Uh, Durand uh, Jones and indications. Also make sure to check out uh, the last prisoner project.org. Right. I got that right. Last prisoner project.org. Uh, Aaron, this isn't a self-help podcast, but we do this thing called words of wisdom. Anything oh, you want. God, word of wisdom. Let's drink water. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Yep. No, that's, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's like what we were talking about, man. It's like, I, and, and it's not, this is not something I've mastered, but it's something I, I, I'm working on. Um, you know, which is like, you are allowed to change and grow. Like, you know, you, you, you realize that like you, you got the, you got the car with the rims and the chain. And then, you know, you realize maybe that's not what you wanted. And it's like, but that, you know, that was still a chapter in in your life. It's like, you know, we all have things and, and we were all versions of ourselves that were not, that were still growing and still in progress. And when you, if you look back on some of those things and like feel embarrassment about it or, or be like, I don't know who that guy was. It's like, no, it's like, it was just, it was past versions of ourselves, but like try to love those past versions of yourselves and, and accept them as, as, as just works in progress. Cause, cause that's what we all are every single day. Beautiful. Aaron Fraser, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, man. You can find me on Instagram at, Aaron underscore Fraser. So that's A-A-R-O-N underscore F-R-A-Z-E-R. Not Fraser with an I. Correct. I, I meant, yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. If no one loves you, Hector loves you. Peace.